0: just to help decipher some notation uh, that you might read. If s is some function of time, then the average velocity on the time interval t, t plus a little more, h, is velocity average f of t plus h minus f of t over h. And you've seen this formula before. And I just mentioned it in the previous example. That's the change in your s's over the change in time. And that's the slope of a secant line. So an average velocity of a position of some object is just the slope of the secant line between any two points on the graph. Always start with the first and then the second. When you uh, look at the time, make sure the time interval goes from you know maybe two seconds to 2.5 seconds. And then always take your second y-value minus your first. So f of t plus h just is another name for y2 minus F of T is Y1. All over, H is another name for T2 minus T1. So when you see this notation, try to just decipher it. Take one step at a time and say, oh, this is F of something, is just another name for Y. So I've got two Y values subtracting. And then H is often what we use to represent a change in time, or a change on the X axis in general, isn't it? And then we have, and, instantaneous velocity and a lot of people just generally call that the velocity if they don't say average velocity they mean instantaneous so instantaneous velocity is just s prime which is f prime of t and so f prime of t is The limit, as all your little h's go to zero, take smaller and smaller time intervals on your average velocity, and that's the instantaneous velocity. And we call that v of t. You're going to be working with V of T more next semester as well, but there are some problems in the homework, and also there will probably be some on your final exam, that ask you for either the instantaneous velocity at a certain time or the average velocity at a certain time. And a clue is, if they only give you one time value, then they're probably wanting instantaneous velocity, right? Unless they sneak in some delta, some H somewhere, delta T. If they just ask for the velocity, then you can assume that's instantaneous velocity. If they ask for average velocity, then they're going to give you a time interval in brackets. And so that'll be a clue. Just take the difference in the y values over the difference in the x's. So let's look at our Wiley e. Coyote example and just answer some questions about his height at different times and his velocity at different times. So, given Wiley e. Coyote's position, his height, negative 16 t squared. If it's in feet per second, it'll always be negative 16 t squared. If it's in meters per second, by the way, this is going to be negative 4.8 t squared. Um, no, sorry, negative 4.9 t squared, because in metric in meters per second, it's negative 9.8 meters per second squared, the acceleration due to gravity. So um, usually we're going to be working with feet. But if you see a negative 4.9 t squared, that's because they're using meters instead of feet. So negative 16 t squared plus 176 feet per second at the beginning times the number of seconds plus 192 feet. We've already done A, fill in the table. B, let's find the velocity. at five seconds and eleven seconds two different questions now they didn't say on the interval five to eleven they say find velocity at these two times so those are two separate instantaneous velocities So we have to take S prime of t, and we already did did it in the previous example, but the derivative is negative 32 t plus 176. Notice the initial height does not affect our instantaneous velocity, does it? Because it's a constant. So S prime of t, negative 32 t plus 176. S prime of five, negative 32 times five, Plus 176, and so that's 0, 16, negative. So we have negative 160 plus 176, and so we get 16 feet per second. So at 5 seconds, Wiley e. Coyote is traveling at a rate of 16 feet per second. Since this is positive, it means he's still going up at five seconds. We know that, don't we? At five seconds, he was still going up. And you'll notice he's not going very fast, though, is he? Because he's near the top of his trajectory. Five seconds is near the top. So he's slowing down. He's no longer going at 176 feet per second. He's getting close to going at zero feet per second he's getting close to switching over to going down to negative velocities by the way I mentioned that negative thirty two feet per second squared is acceleration due to gravity see right here every time t goes up by one what happens here your velocity is decreased by thirty two feet per second that's the acceleration due to gravity every second your velocity is decreased by thirty two feet per second and so that's why This term here, negative 32t, works against our initial velocity of 176 feet per second. And the longer time goes for, the more you're multiplying by negative 32, so the more negative you have over here on the left added to a positive. And so you can see that when the left-hand term is equal and opposite to 176, is negative 176, that's when you have zero velocity and that would be at the top of the trajectory. We're gonna come back to that in just a second. So anyway, his, his initial, sorry, his instantaneous velocity, S prime of five, is 16 feet per second. If I want his instantaneous velocity at 11 feet per second, I just plug in 11 in for T. Did I say 11 feet per second? No, I don't know. At 11 seconds, His instantaneous velocity is negative 32 times 11 plus 176. So s prime of 11 is whatever this is plus 176. So find this out on your calculator and come back, and we'll see if you get the same thing I do. So when you take negative 32 times 11, you get negative 352, add it to 176, and you have negative 176. This is, 352 is twice as big as 176, and it's negative. So we have a negative velocity, downward velocity, of 176 feet per second. And it's not a coincidence that this is identical to his initial velocity going up. What goes up comes down. And ignoring wind resistance, we actually have the same velocity coming down as we had going up. I'd like to clarify something that I just said. I did say that when something comes down, it comes down ignoring wind resistance with the same velocity with which it went up. And that is true here because at 11 seconds, we were 192 feet up on the other side of the trajectory. So at the equal height of 192 feet, we have equal but opposite velocities. He went up at 176 feet per second at 192 feet up. He comes down at negative 176 feet per second when he's 192 feet up on the other side. So we do have equal but opposite velocities when he's 192 feet up. What I want to make sure is clear, however, is that 11 seconds is not the end of his path. He actually, as we discovered in the table, lands at 12 seconds and so you can imagine that since he started up on top of a cliff he actually comes down harder when he lands faster anyway right he comes down faster which equates to harder when he lands here at 12 seconds than when he took off at 192 feet so the the equal and opposite velocities are because they happened at the same height of 192 feet, we're going to see in a few examples we have some problems to figure out. We're going to find out what his impact velocity is. That's the velocity right before he lands, or right as he lands. That's how fast he's going, and it should be even more negative than 176 feet because the 176 feet came from s prime of 11, negative 176 feet per second. Excuse me. Negative 176 feet per second is his speed at 11 seconds. His speed, when he lands, we're going to find in just a couple of examples. But I think it's going to be even faster and downward.